The Allen Inquiry report is delayed once again. I think it's the fourth time now. Uh, in some ways, it's almost becoming comical. And it's been delayed again. It was November of 2019 that forensic accountant Steve Allen was chosen to investigate foreign funding of oil and gas industry critics. This is a big deal for Jason Kenney saying, you know, there are people that are attacking us and unfairly attacking us, and they're funded by big money from outside the borders that want to landlock Alberta's oil. And, you know, a lot of people are, are saying, yeah. Yeah, that, that they are doing that, and it's not fair. And so the inquiry was intended to go and see what proof there is and try to identify all that kind of thing. So we've been waiting. Uh, this inquiry has been given multiple extensions. The budget went from $2.5 million up to $3.5 million. The final report was now supposed to be out at the end of this month. Now it's been pushed back to the end of July. Premier Kenny says he's not concerned that public inquiries always run long, and, 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 the, and, and it's important that this work gets done that Alberta has the backs of oil and gas industry workers. Government also blames partially a lawsuit by an environmental law group, uh, EcoJustice, for muddying the waters and, and adding to the delay. Let's talk about this now with Max Fawcett, former editor of Alberta Oil and Vancouver Magazines, currently a columnist with the National Observer. Uh, Max, what's your... I said that it's become... Well, first off, welcome. How are you this morning? I'm I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. I don't want to throw out the, the the pleasantries and the formalities, especially heading into a long weekend. It's it's good to be kind. Fair enough, but uh, you know, uh, let's try to be not too kind about this public inquiry right now. <laughs> I kind of figured that's where you're going. So I did say it's almost it's becoming virtually comical. Uh, you know, oh yeah, uh, no, we're not ready to go yet. We need a, we need more time. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, I mean, look, it's been a. It's been a joke, I think, ever since it was created for, for you know, those of us who, who follow this stuff and who understand where this this inquiry comes from and, and the, the theory that it stems from. But, you know, I think it's gone from a joke to to something a little more serious than that. Um, you know, we it, you mentioned that, that Jason Kenney said that, you know, he, that we have to have the backs of oil and gas workers. Well, I think the, the best way to have their backs is by telling them the truth. And... You know, this inquiry is part of a, a fiction that has been spun that we are sort of somehow uniquely targeted and, and unfairly targeted and that, you know, uh, in the United States, there's no environmental activism anywhere to be seen. And, you know, the, the cruelest joke of all is is the person whose work kind of, you know, was the, the, the foundation for this, Vivian Krauss, was on Twitter yesterday saying that she doesn't see a problem with foreign funding, that foreign funding is not the problem. Uh, so, you know, it, maybe the inquiry needs more time to, to go back and ask her some questions. Uh, it, you know, it really is uh, unfortunate that, that this government seems to want to continue to trade in this fiction rather than just tell the truth about what's really happening, which is that the global oil and gas industry is changing uh, and we are, we are subject to those changes. In your opinion, is there any truth to these uh, these suppositions? No, there, I mean, look, it's, it's. I knew that was going to be a short it, answer. <laughs> there's, it, it's, it's never been a secret that that foreign organizations fund uh, environmental, non-governmental organizations in Canada. Like they don't make it a secret. Uh, just as just as Canadian oil and gas companies go out there and try to attract in, uh, foreign investment capital to to develop new projects and drill new wells, these environmental charities do the exact same thing. And guess what? The return on investment is pretty good here in Canada because we have the rule of law, because we have uh, a legal system that, that hears environmental concerns. You know, you often see this 
complaint made that, oh, well, this doesn't happen in Russia or Saudi Arabia. And that look, that's kind of the point is we have a better legal system and a better regulatory system that actually hears these complaints. And so that is why these, these dollars flow into Canada rather than Russia and Saudi Arabia. And I, quite frankly, wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't want to live in those countries. Uh, the lightning rod, though, is always is always the oil sands. And as soon as you hear the, the term tar sands, you know exactly where, where, the, where the point of view is coming from, uh, that it gets unfairly targeted as compared to uh, other places in the world, including the United States which also has a good legal system but I don't see I don't see the intensity on against projects in the United States that you see against the oil sands in Alberta so you know that, that, that always leads me to wonder you know why that's the cause celeb almost every time it is absolutely you know I mean communications is about about imagery and metaphors and when the Harper government, uh, back in the, the you know the mid late 2000s, took a took an oil sands truck and parked it on the National Mall in Washington D.C., they got everyone's attention down there, uh, and, and quite frankly, for all the wrong reasons. So yes, the oil sands have been a target. Um, they have been sort of disproportionately, I would say, targeted versus some things in the United States. But by the same token, lots of pipelines have been canceled in the United States because of uh, activist pressure. The idea that there's no pressure south of the border is it's just because we don't live there. We don't see it. Whereas we see what's happening in our backyard and it feels disproportionate. So, you know, look, I, I, I understand the idea that we're feeling like we're picked on, that we're unfairly targeted, but the best way to deal with those concerns has always been to do a better job. Uh, rather than hold inquiries and file lawsuits and complain uh, the way the, the government over the last few years has, has seemed to prefer. Uh, have there been any uh, sort of uh, leaks or indications as to where this, this, this report is going to go? Have, have you heard anything that, that's come out of it? Or has it just been generic? Or what have you heard? I mean, I've heard chatter from certainly from some of the groups that have been targeted uh, by this by this inquiry. And I mean, let's be clear, it's not nothing to be targeted by a, by a government. That is a big deal. Uh, and it is consuming a lot of these their resources, their time, their stress, um, because they are worried that, that the report is going to be something that, you know, is adversely impacting their ability to do their work, uh, which at the end of the day is about improving the environment. So, uh, basically, what I've heard from them is that they haven't been contacted. That is the biggest thing. Um, you know, the, the groups that are the most under the gun here, by and large, have not even been contacted, been talked to. And you would think that an inquiry into their work, into their supposed role, perhaps in some nefarious conspiracy theory, uh, w- would involve a, a conversation with them. Um, and, and that's sort of, you know, one of the frustrating parts about this is, look, if you want to get to the bottom of it, get to the bottom of it talk to the people who you have claimed are are you know behind this this terrible campaign against us to not even have done that so far you know in so many situations sort of makes me wonder what this was all about to begin with i I wonder if this thing had been done on time on budget etc if there would be you know even if it came out and it was a kind of a lame report let's say let's say it was a lame report or you know actually on the other side let's say it it was a damning report there would be a lot fewer questions about it you know it would just be what it is and then we would move on but these delays have added to the suspicion that they're just looking for anything to hang a hat on absolutely absolutely and and you know they've changed the terms of reference uh 
uh, on the inquiry, you know, which means they're they're moving the goalposts as the field, you know the play is on the field, which sort of speaks to the fact that they don't really know what they're doing or what they're trying to accomplish. I think you're right. If they had come out with a report that either said, "Hey, look, this is a thing we think is happening," or maybe it's not as bad as we may have said, you know, it would have been a couple of days of news and it would have gone away. But now. Every time it gets delayed, people like me get to come out and say, oh, look, it's the government that claims to move at the speed of business and yet can't even file a report on time. It just makes things, it makes the spotlight brighter and brighter. And I know they think that they will be able to, you know, bury it at the end of July in the middle of summer when we're hopefully all out with our friends and families vaccinated. I don't think they're going to get away with that. I think there have been too many delays here for the media and for the people who have been targeted by this inquiry to just let it go. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not surprised that, that through through our text line that we have a number of people who just uh, think that you're out to lunch and that the inquiry is going to find some, <laughs> some information, that this really is happening. We are being unfairly targeted. Uh, I guess you've heard that before, and you would obviously come from a different direction. Yeah, I mean, this is what they've been told for, for years and years. and Nobody wants to be told that they've been brainwashed. No, and I under, look, I understand. We, you know, it's been a really tough time over the last six years, ever since the Saudis crashed the oil market, and, and we have a you know, glo- global transition to lower carbon energy. It's, it's been tough, and we want a scapegoat. We want someone to blame. We want to say, hey, it's their fault, and if we just deal with them, things will go back to normal. They're not going back to normal. I, I, you know, that's just not a realistic option. But, you know, many years of, of politicians and, and media people whipping up this anger, it's not going to go away overnight. Um, so I, I accept their frustration. I would just encourage them to, to actually read the report when it's finally filed and, and see what they think. We'll see what it looks like maybe at the end of July. <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess we'll see. Fingers crossed. Max Fawcett, thanks so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.